0: The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. We all have a need to love and to be loved, and so many of us are going to spend our whole lives searching for that love. And that's what author Patty Turner is talking about in her new book, Worth the Wait: The Road That Led to Finding True Love. I'm really happy that Patty is right here with me now to talk all about it. Patty, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's great you have Worth the Wait out in stores right now. Can you give me a taste for what this is all about?
1: It's a story about my life and the road my life took and bad relationships that led to divorce, finding my soulmate, and then having him die, and finding true love again. The book paints a picture of what true love looks like and what the pitfalls people fall into in trying to find true love. I feel the greatest need we have as human beings is to love and be loved. And most people will spend a good portion of their life in search for that one person that meets this need and fails several times along the way. And so the book gives helpful guidelines in finding true love and how to keep that love alive.
0: Mm. Patty, what kinds of readers did you have in mind whenever you were writing this?
1: This book targets people that are married single just wanting to find that true love in their life
0: when it comes to writing and publishing have you done this kind of thing before this is my first book published congratulations how long did this whole thing take you it took me a total of two years from start to finish and a lot of our listeners right now are aspiring authors what's the best advice that you could give them to get their first one out there
1: I would encourage them to follow their dream. If they have a dream to publish a book, make it happen. It will happen if you're persistent and determined that it's something you want to accomplish.
0: Now, Patty, can you think back to the time whenever you got that inspiration to sit down and start this book and have it published?
1: Yes, I started with jotting down notes of inspiration things as they came to me. And then I would go back later and expand on it, study, research that topic until I compiled it into chapters and then a book.
0: Mm. Then after all that time and all that work that you put into it, what was it like whenever you got to hold the first copy in your hands?
1: It was like a dream come true for me, finally being fulfilled.
0: Mm. And a lot of people ask, is it all worth it? You know, again, a lot of time and hard work goes into this. So for you, Patty, what's the most rewarding aspect now of being a published author? The most
1: rewarding aspect of being a published author is having those people that have read my book come to me and tell me what a difference it made for them and giving them hope that they can find true love in their life. Mm.
0: Have you given any thought to writing more now in the future?
1: I actually am in the process of a second book as we speak.
2: Oh,
0: fantastic. Writing can be such a joy, but it can also be hard at times. Sometimes you hit writer's block and things like that. Is that something you deal with, Patty, and how do you get through it?
1: I have dealt with that. Oftentimes it's a matter of putting the pen down or the computer down, taking a break, taking your mind off of it, and then coming back to it with a fresh frame of mind. That seems
0: to work for me. Mm, Good advice. The cover of a book is so important. It's the first thing that most people see when they're looking around. So, Patty, can you tell me about what kind of thought went into your cover?
1: Actually, my current husband is a landscape photographer. And when we came up with the title of the book, Worth the Wait, The Road That Led to Finding True Love, We had been to a special place that we'd like to walk to along the waterway where we live in Charleston, South Carolina, Mm. and it was a path that had a lot of trees and roots that had come up in the path that you could stumble on, and it was depicted the book and my life and the stumbles that I have taken on my journey in trying to find true love, and it was a perfect picture for this book.
0: Mm, Beautiful indeed. Well, Patty, I know a lot of people out there are going to be helped and inspired and encouraged by this book. The title is Worth the Wait, The Road That Led to Finding True Love. It's written by Patty Turner, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere, like at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Patty, it's been great having you on the show tonight. Thank you so much for stopping by.
1: Thank you, Corey, for having me.
0: Sitting down with author Nick Karen right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Nick, thank you for joining me here tonight.
3: Well, thank you for having me, Corey. Very much appreciate it.
0: Well, it's awesome. You got a new book out in stores right now. It's called Life on the Rocks, a story of hope, redemption, and pathological optimism. I love this. Can you tell me about it?
3: Yeah. So, Corey, this came from seven years in a very dark place, struggling with an undiagnosed illness. That rendered me pretty much useless. And Corey, I missed a lot of life during that time. But once diagnosed, and now followed by seven years of healing and redemption, followed by, you know, now seven years of making up life, I've really decided just to kind of capture my journey and what that journey was about and how to how to overcome obstacles and challenges that life throws our way. And really cast uh, kind of a broad net, because I, I, I think we all need that hope. We all need healing. And God knows pathological optimism is, is the only way to get
0: through this life. Pathological optimism. I like it. And I just love that you've used what you've gone through to reach out and to help and inspire others. So what was that spark? Can you think back to when you got the inspiration to say, hey, I, I'm going to sit down and write my story and publish this?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Corey. And, you know, it took me seven years of healing, seven years of thriving in life to really be able to face what those seven dark years were like. You know, I realized, Corey, I, I, I missed a lot of birthdays. I missed dance recitals, baseball games. There were many Friday nights. My wife was sitting at a candlelit table for two, wondering where I was you know wondering if i was still alive only to find out i was i was in bed and would be in bed for the next few days and so it took me 7 years to really confront reality and be able to sit down with those who suffered most in this process and have those healing cathartic conversations and ask them what are you still upset about what are you sad about what breaks your heart about what we went through as a family and so, you know, the spark, Corey, was kind of a perfect storm. I was at that point where I was ready to broadcast this message of hope. COVID allowed me the time and the bandwidth to kind of sit down and gather my thoughts. And, and I'd say the last thing, Corey, is our faith played a very big role, a, a pivotal role in our healing and in our journey. I felt I, I owed it to Jesus to put my message on paper and get it out to as many people as possible.
0: I can imagine something like this would have taken you a long time to write. Was that the case? You know what's interesting? I, I, I'd like
3: to think that my hand was guided by the Holy Spirit. It actually took about three months mm. in total to sit down and, and write it. it. It was very organic how it came to me. I just told it like a story broken out into different stages of this journey. And so it took three months. That, actually, the, the publishing, and this is what I've learned in, in publishing my first book, The publishing took about nine months. Mm. So it's been an incredible journey.
0: So when it comes to going down the road of writing and publishing, is this something you've done before? It's not. This is my first go-round and hopefully not my last. Absolutely. What advice would you have now for the people who are getting on that journey as well? They want to write their first book and publish their first book. Yeah,
3: great great question, Corey. So I would say write from the heart. Mm. Write because you want to, not because you need to. Right, because it's, it's your passion, and maybe there's a message or a belief you wanna get out to people, and certainly don't do it for the
0: money. The moment you got the first copy of Life on the Rocks in your hands, you got to hold it and look at it for the first time, what was that moment like for you, Nick?
3: Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Corey, there, there was a lot of emotion behind this. Again, dating back 14 years, there was a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, A lot of faith that went into this process. So when that box came and I opened it, I honestly cried for about 20 minutes. Mm. Just tears of joy, relief, and accomplishment.
0: Mm. Well, Nick, again, congratulations for just overcoming everything that was dealt to you and using that now to help and inspire readers. The name of the book is Life on the Rocks, a story of hope, redemption, and pathological optimism. This is written by Nick Karen, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this book everywhere, down the street at your local bookshop or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes online. Nick, thank you again for joining me tonight and letting me know a little bit about your story and your book. I had a great time.
3: Corey, thank you for the opportunity to speak to your audience, and Godspeed.
0: The Hope Train. I was not supposed to be here. It's the name of the new book. It's in stores now. It's written by Laura Rab Morgan, and she's right here with me now to talk all about it. Laura, thank you so much for joining me here tonight.
4: My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Absolutely. It's wonderful you have this book out now. Can you tell me all about The Hope Train?
4: Yes, it's my pleasure. The Hope Train, I Was Not Supposed to Be Here, is my memoir. It's about my life from the age of three to about 56, I'd say. I write about my experiences, the experiences in my life that have impressed me. So essentially, it's my life story, Corey. Mm.
0: Laura, what inspired you to write this? Why write your life story and tell it to the world?
4: I was inspired initially by Alex Haley, the author of Roots. Mm. I was so jealous of him to be able to trace his whole history as an African-American all the way back to Africa. So I got really interested in my own history, started asking my family members, everything about my history. I started researching my history. And then when I was in my doctoral program, one of my professors said, as a matter of fact, her name is Dr. Amy Rose, and she's a specialist in historical research. And she said, if it's not written historian would consider it not having happened, And I thought at that moment, well, I'm going to have to write my family's history. So that's what I started out to do, to write the history of my family. Hmm. So I sent a note around to all my family members asking to send me any information they had. And believe it or not, I got not one paragraph back, Hmm. but I was determined to write about my family history. So initially when I sat down, I said, Maybe you should just write about yourself since you don't want any contradictions. (laughs) So I decided to write my own memoir, and that is essentially what I did. Mm. But secondly, the reason I wrote it was because I could find when I I was researching my history, I could not find any information on my grandmother, my father's mother, after she got married. And I thought, why should the fact that you change your name say that you don't exist? You never existed. Mm. And I didn't want that to happen to me. So I set out to write my memoirs so that people would know that I existed, so my son's children would know that I existed, and 100, 200 years from now, people would know my family. My family would not have trouble researching my family.
0: Wow, it's so important. Is this the first time you've ventured into the arena of writing and publishing?
4: Not necessarily. I did write a dissertation, but that would probably only interest educators. And I've written articles. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I I Googled myself. I put my name in the search bar, and all of a sudden, everything that I had written, including the Hope Train, I was not supposed to be here, came up. And it made me feel like a celebrity all of a sudden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I bet you felt similar to that whenever that first copy came in, and you got to hold it in your hands for the first time. And what was that like?
4: Oh, that was great. My husband and I had just come back from our vacation. I opened the door and there was a box sitting on my doorstep. And when I opened it, I could not believe it was the Hope Train. And I just started screaming, it's my book, it's my book. And then I called my siblings and I told them my book is here. I was so excited. I let them know where they could find the book. I want everybody to know how excited I am because I was never supposed to write a book. I was a C English student. So this is exciting to me.
0: What advice would you have now to the authors who are listening right now who are just about to go on that journey to publish their first book?
4: I just want them to sit down and do it, Hmm. to just sit down and do it. If they think nobody, especially if they're writing a memoir, if they think nobody would be interested in their life and they have nothing to share, that's exactly how I felt. I felt when I started out that I don't know if people are going to be interested in this. I really started out writing for my son and, and my descendants and my nieces and nephews. But when I finished writing the book, I realized, you know, I think a lot of people could get something from reading my, my life story. The faults that I had, knowing about how I changed over the years, how I grew over the years, and the mistakes that I made. And hopefully they won't make the same mistakes.
0: I encourage our listeners to check out this book. The name is The Hope Train. I Was Not Supposed to Be Here. It's written by Laura Rab Morgan, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick this up anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Laura, it's been great having you on the show tonight. Thanks again for joining me.
4: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really enjoyed myself.
0: The COVID-19 pandemic has affected us all in so many different ways. And that's what author Viola Smith-Darrington talks about in her new book, Coronavirus, COVID-19. Why dad, why mom, why? Viola is right here with me now to talk all about it. Viola, thank you so much for joining me tonight.
5: You're welcome and I'm so glad to be here today.
0: This book is such an important topic. Can you tell me all about it?
5: Well, my book is about the children who worldwide experienced some type of change due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. And as we know, the epidemic just caused many adjustments such as online instruction, online worship services, the cancellation of lifestyle events, the cancellation of extracurricular activities, and the list just goes on and on. And there were just so many uncertainties and unanswered questions and the unbelief that the virus affected really the entire world. And we often heard the word unprecedented time and time again. Hmm. So the lifestyle that many children considered normal just suddenly changed. And some of the changes were permanent. So this book relates to some of those changes that children experience everywhere. And the bottom line, the book just tells us to trust God.
0: What ages of children do you think would be most into this?
5: Well, normally school-aged children. But actually this book is for every age group because I incorporated scriptures that relate to various lifestyle changes that were relevant to both the young and old. And so I think that parents and guardians everywhere would appreciate the title, why dad, why mom, why? Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure that they were able to answer some of the questions from the children in their lives.
0: About how long did it take you to put this all together from the time you began writing up until it hit store shelves?
5: Well, actually it took six to seven months it was actually during the school year of my grandson. And as he had different questions and different scenarios that came up in our lives, I just started writing them down and then I just compiled it.
0: Hmm. Can you think back to that moment when you got it all compiled and you're like, man, I, I got to publish this for the world?
5: Well, actually, I didn't realize that I actually had a book. I was just looking at television one day and I saw a commercial that said, do you have a book that you want to publish? And I'm like, well, I do have something here and it might be called a book. <laughs> and so I just contacted the publisher and the rest is history.
0: Hmm. Is this your first foray then into publishing?
5: Yes, this is. This is my first book.
0: Congratulations. I'm sure you learned an awful lot being your first time. What's your best advice that you would give to people who are just starting out?
5: Well, I would say to just do it, just like Nike tells us to do. And because actually we only have one life to live. And if there's anything that we plan to do, we shouldn't procrastinate. You know, I'm often reminded of Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4, which basically tells us just don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do it. So that's my advice.
0: Yeah, So hard just getting started. If you can get over that speed bump, then it's much easier after that. Exactly. So tell me about that moment you got the first copy of this book in your hands and got to look at it for the first time. What were you feeling?
5: I was just humbled, blessed. I was just really in unbelief at that particular time when I saw the book and my name on it and the information that I put together. So it it was just really unbelievable.
0: Mm. Have you given any thought to maybe a follow up to this or maybe a different kind of writing in the future?
5: Well, I do plan to write another children's book and I've actually already I've already written one. It's in its, you know, stage now. I'm going through it. But until I understand this process, this with this first book, once I get over the hump and truly understand what it means to be an author and to get everything going, and then I'll contact the publisher to see if they will accept this book. Mm.
0: With children's books, you know, only part of the job is actually writing it. Another part is the illustrations and getting those to jive with what you've written. So, Viola, what was that like?
5: It was a very easy process because the publisher that I used, they asked me, what do I want this illustration to look like on this page? And so I was able to just tell them, I want a child doing this or I want a child doing that. And the publisher brought it to life to me. So that was really, really easy. And the book is just colorful, and I just love
0: it. I was going to say that. The cover itself is just really stunning. Great work. Exactly. And I encourage my listeners to check out this book. It's so important. The title is Coronavirus, COVID-19, Why Dad? Why Mom? Why? It's written by Viola Smith-Darrington and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get this everywhere, like traditional brick-and-mortar stores or online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes. Viola, thanks again for stopping by the show. It was wonderful finding out about the book and chatting with you.
5: Thank you. I was very, very happy to be here.
0: There's an exciting new novel out in stores right now. It's called No Favorite Child. And the author, Jack Hartman, is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable to talk all about it. Jack, thanks for being here tonight. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. No Favorite Child. Can you tell me all about the story that unravels here?
6: Sure. It's the story of a medical malpractice defense attorney by the name of Matt Morgan, who takes a case involving the death of a woman from eclampsia, high blood pressure during pregnancy. During his defense of the hospital and the doctors, he comes to believe that the woman's husband may have been involved in her death. So he pursues down that path and for a medical defense issue, he contacts his high school friend, John, who is an obstetrician for an expert. And the complicator is that Matt has history with John's wife, Lindsay, and has been obsessed with her since they were all in high school together. So along the way, Matt comes in contact with another woman who it turns out may have some information and contacts that would help him get ultimate justice against the husband. And it all leads to a trial in which all the subplots and plots collide. And you wonder whether Matt can win the case and and not lose himself.
0: Wow, sounds fantastic. Jack, how'd you get the idea for this story? Well, I lived that life.
6: Uh, I was Mm -hmm. a medical malpractice defense attorney for over 20 years. I had a lot of cases like the ones that were in here. And had a lot of relationships with plaintiff's counsel and insurers and defense counsel and courts, like the ones that are in here. And I had a story to tell. Eclampsia is a particularly exciting subject matter to address because it has all kinds of ethical and moral, legal, and, and of course, medical issues. Mm. And I thought if I benched that up against an attorney who was willing to push the limits on those things, I could weave a pretty interesting tale.
0: Oh. So how long did this take you from beginning to end, uh, from when you first started writing it out until it hit stores?
6: Well, that's a a long process. I first wrote it in 2006. It took me only about six months to write it, but then it had a long shelf life for all kinds of reasons. During the COVID time frame, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to publish it, finish it, and be able to hand it to friends and colleagues and hopefully get some people to read it. But the process originally was about a six-month creative process.
0: Is this your first venture into the whole arena of publishing and writing and things? It is.
6: It's my first novel. I've written plays, mostly one-act plays along the way, Hmm. and short stories and poems. But this is my first effort to publish something. Wow.
0: Then after pretty much the decades that went into this, how was it that (laughs) first time you got to hold the first copy in your hands? What was that like?
6: Well, it was pretty exciting. It was fulfilling. One of the reasons I made the commitment to finish it is I had written it when I was retired the first time as an attorney. One of the reasons that kept me from finishing it was I went back to work in the middle and didn't have the time. So once I realized that I could do this and get it to that point, it was pretty exciting to be able to say to all the people that knew I had written it for all those years, yes, you want to read it,
0: here it is. Mm -hmm. And how about a sequel? Have you thought about that?
6: Well, one of the other things that happened during all that time was I wrote a sequel and hmm. actually had the two books put together in my head for a while as well. And that was one of the other processes that I had to go through was to separate them back out, edit them, and create this one back to the original version. So there's a second one out there, and we'll see how this one is received, and we can always put a sequel together. And, and I've lived enough of this life to be able to put a prequel out there too. Fantastic. <laughs>
0: So what advice would you have now? You know, a lot of our listeners are aspiring authors. They want to get their first book out, too. What's your best advice for them?
6: Well, in my case, I believed in this story. It was a story I wanted to tell. It's an authentic story. It's a real story. It's not not a biographical novel by any stretch of the imagination, but it tells a real-life story about the kind of life that a medical malpractice attorney lives And I stuck to that, and I took a lot of advice, but I left it at wanting to commit myself to the story I wanted to tell. And that's what you should do.
0: Hmm. So what kinds of readers do you think would really be into No Favorite Child? Well,
6: it's a medical legal thriller by definition. So there's a little bit of law and medicine in it. And I, what I've found from the readers so far is those with that background find it particularly fascinating. Mm. But I think anybody who reads a Grisham novel or that kind of a novel where there's an interesting and intriguing plot twist and, and storyline will hopefully find this a good journey. I've, I've gotten a lot of positive reviews so far.
0: I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's called No Favorite Child, it's written by Jack Hartman. And it's published by Fulton Books. You can pick this one up anywhere, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, anywhere you shop for books. Jack, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you.
6: So did I. I appreciate your interest and uh, hope everybody has a good read.
0: There are times when we feel like we're being attacked from all sides and that there's no way out. Well, Right now, I'm talking with author Paula Johnson about her new book. It's titled Impending, and it aims to bring deliverance from the forces that are working against us. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
7: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: Congratulations on having Impending out in stores now. Can you tell me what readers can expect here?
7: Yes, they can expect to be delivered if when they read the book to see if they having any issues spiritually, emotionally, mentally or physically, it's answers in this book that can help them get deliverance for themselves and also give them a desire to help set others free.
0: Hmm. How did the idea for this come about?
7: Well, me personally, I was having some oppression and depression that I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis and going to church trying to get answers, you know, from the pastor and I never could get relief mentally, physically. I just spiritually, emotionally drained. And then I had asked the Lord, you know, if if it's in the Bible that Satan come to kill, steal, and destroy and attack us, how is it that we can overcome these attacks and why no one is preaching about it? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you can go to a psychiatrist, you can't get the help you need, but I said, it just help me to understand how to get deliverance. And then also, so many people don't even believe that Satan is real. They mm-hmm. believe he's just a myth, you know, abstract, don't believe in him. Uh, he's just a little devil with red horn. I said, could you help me expose him to the world and just show people? that we do have an enemy and that he is real and God answered my prayers and I was able to take photos and some photos in the book as you can see uh as well that of Satan in the heavenly places and the enemy and he actually was able to take pictures of the enemy And to let people know that it was real. So that's how I got the book. And letting people know that impending is definitely an attack of the enemy. That he's coming and he knows his time is about up in this world. And he is attacking everybody. As we can see today, the world is in chaos.
0: Paula, do you have a background in writing or is this your first time?
7: No, my first book I wrote is called I Want My Mama. Back in 2000, the Lord gave me that book. And it was about foster kids that I had to take care of, and he gave me that title. Mm. And it was my life experiences of dealing with foster kids, and that was their life experiences, too, what that book is about, I Want My Mama.
0: Was impending something that took you a long time to write and then get published?
7: Yes, it took me about a year because I had a lot of distraction with my son dying, got killed. Mm, I'm sorry. Also having to take care of my great nephew that my niece tried to kill. Also oh. in my home when he was two months old, so I'm raising him now. I have custody of him, so it was just a lot of sudden financial. I didn't have the, you know, the finances to go ahead and complete the book. But so it took about a year for me to be able to get back to get the book finished and to stay on track to finish it.
0: Wow. Well, Paula, what a big heart you have. Thank you. When you got the first copy of Impending in the mail and you got to hold it in your hands for the first time and look at it, uh, what were you feeling?
7: Oh, I was so excited. That is like, yes, I was able to get it published and praying to God, prayed to God. He answered my prayer to help me get it published and to be able to help people all over the world that could read it and share my life experiences as well. So I was just so happy that it was published and I I was able to hold it in my hand and also give out some copies that I had and see the excitement on people's faces. Hmm.
0: Paula, do you think there are more books in you? Do you have plans for maybe more publishing in the future?
7: Yes. I have another book that I'm working on now, and it's called Cover the Baby. And I um, just started getting my ideas and thoughts pinned in on paper. But I'm praying and hopefully that I can get that as well before this year is out, published.
0: That'd be wonderful. Paula, a lot of our listeners are authors just starting out. So what advice would you give to them?
7: I would tell them that if they got a dream inside of them and a a message that they want to get out to go ahead and write the book, don't matter about the money or if they think they can't get it done, just go ahead and do it. Just trust God and have faith and they will be very excited once it's published.
0: Hmm. The book is titled Impending. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing and it's written by Paula Johnson. You can find this everywhere. Go down the street to your local bookshop. It's there. It's also online at Amazon, Barnes Noble, and iTunes. Paula, thanks again for coming on the show and telling me all about this book. I had a great time chatting with you.
7: Thank you again for having me, and God bless you.
0: It's really great right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable to be joined by author Matthew Rhodes. Matthew, thanks for coming on the show here tonight. Thank you for having me. Just wanted to congratulate you on getting a new book in stores now. It's called Turn Back Time. So what's this book all about?
8: It's about a man who signs up for a time travel experiment. So he gets into a machine and travels back in time.
0: Where'd you get the idea for this?
8: I've always been fascinated with the idea of time travel. When I was a kid, I watched movies like The Time Machine and Back to the Future, and that really got me interested. And, of course, I read books and either novels or short stories about time travel quite a bit. That's just something I've been kind of preoccupied with for mm-hmm. a long time. So that's what really gave me the idea.
0: Mm. What kinds of readers do you think would really be into Turn Back Time?
8: People who are obviously as fascinated with the concept of time travel as I am. I think young adult readers as well as older readers, because I, I tried to keep it fairly clean. So it deals with some mildly mature subject matter. But it's a book that I think that parents can easily share with their children. It's not a really long novel. It's only it's just a little over 100 pages. So it's not, not the kind of book that would take you too long to get through.
0: Mm. Uh, Matthew, have you ever published before or written before this?
8: I've written quite a bit. I, I got my dissertation published mm. <laughs> and some other things like that, things of academic value. This is my first published novel.
0: Wow. Did this take you a long time to write and publish then?
8: Not too long. I started working on it sometime in 2019, and I submitted the manuscript to the publishing company in spring of last year. Now, after I submitted it, I made several revisions, which mm. took quite a few months. So that's why I didn't get out until this year. So it took me about two years to get through the rough draft, the first full rough draft. Mm.
0: Matthew, all along the way of the publishing process, what did you find to be the most challenging part?
8: most challenging aspect of the story was doing revisions, a lot of revisions. I had to really go over the manuscript and see where I, ha- I had to rewrite things. I had to fix plot holes and things that didn't quite work in the story. I had to catch how I'd repeated certain words or cer- certain expressions to the point where I thought it would be annoying for the reader. <laughs> so I had to, you know, avoid repetitiveness and stuff like that. I had to do quite a bit of fixing. That was very
0: challenging for me. Any thoughts of a sequel or maybe another sort of book in the future?
8: Oh, I've already started working on a sequel. So far, I've written 22 pages. i uh, got a ways to go before I get it up to novel length, but I hope to have it out by, well, maybe next year or the year after.
0: <laughs> and there's nothing like seeing that finished product, you know, the thing that you put all that time and work into. So tell me about that moment when you got the first copy or looking at it, holding it in your hands.
8: It was an amazing moment. I love the cover that they designed for it. I love the way they they printed it. They did such a good job. It was very professional. I was really excited. I took a picture of myself holding the copy of the book, and my wife held a copy of the book, and I took a picture of her. And we told all our friends and family, and it was just really exciting all around. Loved it.
0: (laughs) Matthew, so many of our listeners right now are authors who are just getting started. So what would be your best advice that you'd have for them?
8: I would advise them to look at a lot of different companies. You know, don't be sold on the first one just mm. because it looks good. And certainly consider self-publishing because that's what I did. I went with a self-publishing company. Mm. I know a lot of people tend to be kind of wary of self-publishing companies, mm. but the one I worked with, there are a lot of people that work there that were very professional, very helpful, and I was so impressed with the outcome. So mm. self-publishing is definitely worth thinking about.
0: Matthew, something that hits so many of us writers is writer's block. Do you get that, and then how do you get through it?
8: Oh, sure. I get writer's block a lot. I think the best thing to do when you get writer's block is don't think about trying to write several pages. Mm. Just think about trying to get one paragraph down. Just write one paragraph or two paragraphs, maybe a whole page and just say to yourself, okay, let me see if I can get that much done tomorrow and the day after. So don't push yourself to write really hard and fast. Just give yourself a little bit of a break there and just try to get a little bit done each day. Within a year or so, you know, you'll have a good rough
0: draft. Mm. Matthew, we talked about how much time and how much hard work goes into writing a book and publishing a book. A lot of people ask themselves, is it all worth it? To you, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a published author and having your work out there for the world? Just
8: knowing that other people are reading them. I'm not, you know, just keeping them to myself. You know, and maybe my my work could inspire other people to do some some certain things. You know, sharing my thoughts and ideas, knowing that I'm influencing other people, hopefully in a positive way. That's what's really, really rewarding to me. Mm.
0: I encourage my listeners to check out this book. It's called Turn Back Time. It's written by Matthew Rhodes and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick and mortar stores. Matthew, thanks again for coming on the show with me here tonight. I had a really good time talking. Thank you much. Joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is Dr. Marcia A. Davis-Dawkins. Marcia, thank you for being here tonight.
2: Hi, Corey. Thank you for this opportunity.
0: So nice to have you. I wanted to congratulate you for a new book out in stores right now. The title is The Stone That the Builder Rejected, My Potential is Never Finished. Can you tell me all about it?
2: Well, this book is very exciting to me because it's my first book. It's my personal story, Mm. my life story, the challenges and the triumphs I've had up to this point, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like my lived experiences over the
0: years. Mm. What kinds of readers do you think would be really into this?
2: I think my readers, my target readers would be those who are struggling with life in general and wondering why, why is this happening? When will this all end and be more positive and maybe pleasant too? It's a reminder that there is hope for all. And so my readers will get a chance to say, look, if you can do it, I can do it too. So it's, it's kind of encouraging for people to say, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and we should never, ever give up always believe in ourselves and Mm. never give up. Because had I given up, I guess I wouldn't be here now. I wouldn't be saying I'm a published author, Mm. which is so
0: exciting. (laughs) Can you tell me about what inspired you to write this book, to sit down, write your story and tell it to the world?
2: I think because I had all this time, I said, I'm a Christian person and I've always believed that nothing happens without a purpose or without a reason. And God always has something in store for us. And I wanted to make sure that somebody knew that I got through this because I persevered Mm -hmm. and I wanted to let the world know. I mean, there are indeed some personal stuff in it, really, really personal, that some people might say, Why are you sharing your business? Why are you telling the world all of those crazy things or what people might call crazy, I might add? (laughs) But I also wanted to make people know that this is real and it's not a made-up stuff. It's not made-up things that I put in there, but things that really happened. And if I got through it, through the grace of God, then others are able to just by persevering. And I keep using that word, persevering, Mm. because I really believe it's enduring all the the pain and the suffering, and I'm able to turn my pain into triumph through the grace of God.
0: Marcia, you said this was the first time you've written a book, so did this take you a long time altogether? Oh, wow.
2: Yes, indeed. This is my first book, my very first book, and it took me over 20 years to Mm. do it. I kept starting, stopping, and because of some of the experiences that were so painful, I kept putting it off and crying here, crying there. But I said, you know what, let's just push through. And a lot of people are saying this exposure in with COVID, it was all bad. To me, that downtime encouraged me just to sit back and revisit the draft that I had all those years. And I pushed through and just went on and say, I am going to do this. Like it mm-hmm. gave me energy, like the energizer bunny. I said, yes, I can. I can. I think I can. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> well, the world sure could use some hope and encouragement. And it sounds like this book is jam-packed full of that. The title is "The Stone That the Builder Rejected." My potential is never finished. It's written by Dr. Marcia A. Davis Dawkins, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this anywhere: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Anywhere you buy your books. Marcia, it's been a delight having you on the show here tonight. Thanks again for joining me.
2: Thank you so much, Corey. I really enjoyed it, and thank you for the opportunity. And I hope that I'll hear that many people have bought this book because they want to know that their potential is never finished, just like mine keeps going and going. There is so much more. Thank you again for this opportunity.
0: This book says it's a book based on God's love for us. It's called The True Love of Jesus Christ, The Difference Between Eternal Life and Death. The author, Tyson Amos, is right here with me now. Tyson, thanks for coming on with me tonight.
9: Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Well,
0: it's wonderful you have this book out in stores right now. So what is the true love of Jesus Christ all about?
9: It's just a book of how much God loves us, how much he loves us. He don't want no soul to perish, you know, and Mm. he has showed me that since I was eight years old. He saved me from a suffocation demon and let me know that he's always been there for me.
0: Mm. Tyson, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this?
9: All, all readers. There's no one that don't need to know the love of Jesus Christ. Mm. He's our way to eternal life.
0: Tyson, can you think back to that time when you got the idea or were inspired to sit down and write this and have it published?
9: Yes, I can. I actually was prompted by the Holy Spirit to write this and just let everyone know what my story was. And how much the the Lord does love us. Like I mentioned before, at eight years old, I was being suffocated every night. I didn't even really know how many nights I hollered for my mom. This thing just kept suffocating me till I would pass out. One night, it just wouldn't leave me alone. It kept every night persistently for many nights. One night while it was going on, I must have passed out. And I kept seeing this every time I'd pass out, I'd see a light. And I'd be falling farther and farther and farther away from this light. And the light would start turning into a speck. And it was the most loneliest, horrible feeling I could ever describe to anybody. Because that light falling farther away from it was everything that I loved and everything that loved me. I hollered for Jesus in the midst of this, and I fell into the blue. And he told me he was there for me and had saved me and that he would always be there. And he has. And that's mainly what inspired me to write this book is because I went on living my life from eight years old up until this point, this last two years ago, I had fell into a lifestyle of sin and was just a slave to the flesh and to the fleshful desires. And he came to me during a bad time. I'd lost my dad and I was pretty much ready to call or quits myself. And I ended up going to jail and I looked into his eyes. He, I looked him in the eyes and he was looking at me from inside of myself, through my eyes at me. It was the most humbling experience that I can even describe. And he let me know that he loves me still, no matter that I did fall into this lifestyle of sin. And I just took his blood for granted, which no matter what, once you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're saved. He loves us. I can guarantee you that he loves us very much. And he just let me know that everything's okay. And then he helped change me. He changed me overnight. He took profanity off of my tongue. I still don't cuss. And I have totally changed my lifestyle around Not because of the fact that I had to to be saved, but the fact that I want to because I the love that I have for him and the love that he's shown me.
0: Wow. Tyson, how long did this take you to write and then get published? It took probably about
9: six months to write, five months to write, somewhere in there. And then it took a year to publish.
0: Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to publishing anything?
9: No. No, I haven't fact, I'd never even, I was never one of my, even my wildest dreams. I never thought I'd be a published author. He made that all possible. He once I, the Holy Spirit prompted me to sit down and read and write. And once I did that, he more or less let me know that the book was going to be published a year later at a certain date. And he even made it possible for the money to be there, to publish the book and everything. It was a very big blessing.
0: Tyson, it's obvious that the Spirit is working through you. Have you given any thought to maybe writing another book?
9: Yes, I actually have already wrote uh, another book. Mm -hmm. It's called Walk by Faith, Not by Sight. I'm hoping to get it published soon, which we'll see how that goes. I'm hoping within the next year it'll be out. And I've already started on another one, which is The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that one will be out hopefully shortly thereafter.
0: We're looking forward to those. The name of the book is The True Love of Jesus Christ, The Difference Between Eternal Life and Death. This is written by Tyson Amos, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you go shopping for books. Tyson, thank you again for coming on the show here with me today. It was great talking with you.
9: Thank you. Praise Jesus, yes, for sure. He's made this all possible.
0: Right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm really happy to be chatting with author Rachel Vanderwood. Rachel, thanks so much for being here tonight.
10: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You've got a great new book out in stores right now. The title is Despite the Darkness, His Light Remains. This sounds great. Can you tell me all about it?
10: Despite the Darkness, His Light Remains is the first book in a five-book series that I've written. Hmm. It's a five-book Christian fantasy-based series for young adults. But... I'm hopeful that it can reach others as well in all different age groups. The purpose of the series itself is to kind of talk about how God works in our lives in ways that sometimes we may not realize. It may be someone that comes into our lives, circumstances that happens for us, and just that we need to leave our hearts and our minds open to receive those blessings when He sends them to us. The title of the series reaches out to say, it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives, there's no power greater than God that can help us through no matter what's going on. In the first book, it talks about two angels that are sent to a special group of mortals on earth to help them through their struggles. Each of them are facing their own conflicts in life. Some have health-related issues, others financial, others, there's some characters that just need a complete change in direction in their lives. And again, it talks about ways where you may not always necessarily know or understand that it is him working until you find that blessing and that blessing comes to you. Mm. He is there and he does work with us.
0: That's a great message, Rachel. How did you get the idea for this? What sparked you to write?
10: Well, to be honest, before I started this writing journey, I have always been someone who I guess I had a lot of anxieties and insecurities in myself. And I was in a place where I was actually out of work for a few months because of work-related injury. I myself was facing kind of a dark time, in an uncertain time. I had health issues, financial issues, and I was not in a spiritual place where I wanted to be. So I just, you know, took a walk one day and I lifted prayer and I said, God, I lift my anxieties and worries to you. Lead me in a new direction. In the time that I had off, I was able to spend some time with friends and family that may not otherwise have been able to. I think sometimes things happen in our lives that you may not always see the blessing in what it is. Sometimes you think that, well, <laughs> what am I going to do now? But you find in the end, you find inspiration in the direction that God wants you to go in. I started feeling inspired to write. I started feeling inspired by some of the people in my life. Something in me was just compelling me to write a story. I started first with a children's book and then this book It turned into a five book series. In my journey, it's helped me spiritually, and definitely I've continued that, and I've continued to grow in my relationship with him, and I find that I'm learning through my own writing, mm-hmm. and I feel a greater connection to God, and I see life in a different way than I did before, mm-hmm. and I know that that was his answer. wasn't this, In the storylines, I know his answer was that spiritual health and healing that I needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Rachel, did it take you a long time to write and publish despite the darkness as light remains?
10: It took me probably about two months. Hmm. I had already had one book established with Christian Faith Publishing, and I sent it in, and I did hear a response back from them, which was obviously a positive response, within a few months. And in that time, I had already begun the second book of the series.
0: Mm -hmm. Being that you're a new author, what advice Mm -hmm. now would you have to all the new authors listening out there, the ones who are just starting out?
10: I think my biggest advice is no matter what you do in life, you're always going to face obstacles. Like I said, with me, I've had, you know, my own insecurities and my own anxieties that have kind of held me back from doing things that I felt that I was being called to do. But everybody has a story in life. And, and what's one thing that I emphasize in any of the books that I write that, you know, everybody's put on this earth for a purpose. Everybody has their own story and everybody has a special message to share. And if you feel called or you feel compelled or that your faith is leading you to go ahead and write that story and to share that story with others, then don't be afraid to take that chance. Mm -hmm. I know with me, with my faith, it pushed me to push past what fears that I've had.
0: Well, Rachel, thank you for being so encouraging and reaching out to help so many people with this book. The title is Despite the Darkness, His Light Remains. It's written by Rachel Vanderwood and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can go out and get this at traditional brick-and-mortar stores or online. You can jump on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and get it there, too. Rachel, thanks again for joining me here tonight. I had a great time chatting with you.
10: Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books.